I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu of Yahoo Sports Canada. And on this week's episode, I have Harrison Sanford, host of Inside the Green Room. Please tell people that the pod is still going to be going on. The pod is still going on. It's okay. going to the West Coast. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, as much as I love Toronto, the I think everybody here probably recognizes the potential for the podcast in the entertainment capital of the world. It's mm. going to be um, very exciting. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And hey, if if Masai Ujiri would like to start a podcast, I could still stay in Toronto too, though. So you never know. That would be one hell of a podcast. That would be one hell of a podcast. Just, just leaving yourself every. <laughs> you know, actually, though, like it's just a motivational song. kind of like I don't know, like a, a Tony Robbins kind of thing, but yeah. with just Masai telling you to invest in yourself. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, that actually that press conference seems like a, a, a long time away now. Yeah, it does. It does. It was an but, amazing press conference, though. Man, if you could, I mean, I, the the timeline video tribute of the whole season from the trade on, from media day on, is just something spectacular. You could, I can't wait until it gets bottled up into like a smaller format. Like obviously, open gym is great, the season finale episode. But I'm waiting for like the encapsulation of the whole experience from yeah. from beginning to end because it was a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous ride that nobody could have predicted it to weigh the way it's gone down yeah for sure from the beginning to from the beginning and to the end nobody could have predicted it <laughs> yeah i mean look listen the ending has been a little uh anticlimactic but i think i've been trying to tell people that it doesn't take anything away from the title like if anything it makes you appreciate the title even more yep. you know what i mean like like if you're like a Cavs fan you're probably holding on to that one title forever that one title is honestly probably to Cavs fans worth more than the last like two titles to Warriors fans after KD got there, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so Raptors fans like you gotta we gotta cherish this uh this title because look, um, you know, Kawhi's gone, Kawhi left. Uh actually for me personally, I'm a little bit surprised because the reaction has kind of quickly shifted from thank you, Kawhi, you know, mm-hmm. you know, did an amazing service. Thank you for being, you know, Michael Jordan of the North. And then mm-hmm. now, based on the reporting that's come out, and there's always reporting that comes out after the fact feels like people are a little bit mad the fact that Kawhi sort of used the team, at least that's a perception, and that, um, you know, acted in his own self-interest as sort of a both an insider and an outsider now, because you've been here long enough. Like, were you surprised by the reaction? And, you know, is it just sort of the part of the grieving process? I think it's just part of the grieving process. I think if every when every Raptors fan looks back at it, you'll say to yourself, if you went to universe, if you went to as I would used to say in the States if you went to college, but mm-hmm. if I say it here, if you go to university, yeah. right, and you get a job, you get placed, you find a great job, you get placed, they send you to a, a place you've never been to before, San Antonio. You worked there for seven years, and the next thing you know, you got to go do another assignment somewhere else at another place that you never predicted you'd ever live. You did a great job. 
Amazing. Wonderful job. Amazing job. Beyond expectations. And then finally, after putting in all that work, you get a chance to go home. You would go. You go. You probably would go home too. And if you have to make home a little bit more comfortable by doing certain things, then it is what it is. I think the one disappointing thing, uh, as it pertains to Kawhi Leonard, though, is that because he is who he is, mm-hmm. um, he hasn't said anything, and that kind of hurts. Um, I think people's feelings in terms of uh, their expectations for him to come coming back and things of that nature. And he struggled with that. Um, with the Spurs after he looked, oh, even man. though that thank you note that that he put out there was was hilarious. He like it was times New Roman. Mm-hmm. He just capitalized thank you every single time. So it, it, yeah, yeah. I, I hope we get something a little bit more heartfelt than that letter because I think there was some um, spurned feelings yeah. when he left the Spurs. But yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't think there's spurned feelings here. I, again, I just think it's. But again, that's just who Kawhi, we we got to know him for an entire year, yeah. right? That's who Kawhi Leonard is. He doesn't really say too much. So, you know, we should be happy. Raptors fans should be happy that throughout the course of the year, we did see some sparkles of Kawhi Leonard's personality that nobody's ever seen. And Toronto and the team and the organization and the fans were able to bring it out of him. Give him some time to develop even more as a a, a vocal person or a personality Mm. in that sense. And maybe he comes across with a little bit something more um, impassioned. As time goes on, but yeah, I get it. It hurts, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, if you were in his position, you would have thought about doing the same thing too. How could you make going home the most comfortable yeah. situation? And that's what he did. And yeah, it hurts how he maneuvered and did it reportedly. Mm-hmm. But we don't know the whole side of the story because one, again, Kawhi hasn't talked either, he, and we will not know the side <laughs> of that story. We just won't. Like there maybe Paul George reveals his side and. I made me to ask Katie about it one day, and Katie will say, okay, this is how the phone call broke down. And apparently Kyrie was called, too. Mm, apparently. I mean, it is what it is. Listen, I, I think the lifespan of an athlete is very different than the lifespan of any other job, really. And, you know, as you mentioned, you have so much of your own career as an athlete dictated for you. And the one chance you actually have to actually control things and sort of make things work in your favor is free agency. And, like, for most guys, you get into free agency a couple of times. And usually the most of the time when you get into free agency, you don't even have much leverage. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to, like, okay, please, someone give me this deal here or here. Like, Kawhi has that very, very rare opportunity where he could set up everything for his own liking, and he decided to go home. And, you know, the thing is, like, he didn't really lead anybody on, right? Um, I, I think what people are mad at now is sort of him saying, for example, you know, when the season ended, you know, during all the interviews, he said, you know, this is the most fun I've ever had in the season. You know, just the redemption that he had from going from playing nine games to winning the title is just crazy. And his reputation is sort of, you know, replenished and things like that. And people sort of th- took that as, oh, look, he's leading them on, you know, this and that. Or he's wearing a Blue Jays jersey. But, like, mm-hmm. first off, wearing the Blue Jays jersey, like, th- that's a different thing. Yeah. That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know. I just think that throughout the whole process, like, we kind of knew what the deal was. Like, we knew right away when he came here that he wanted to go to Los Angeles. Yep. Chances were good that he wanted to go to the Clippers because LeBron was already in, uh, you know, with the Lakers. And that's, that's what ultimately did. what he did. I mean, and he did a lot of great things in between. And I think it's just sort of up to fans to sort of reconcile the idea that, like, he had a great time here. We had a great time with him. And then he wanted to do something else. And you just kind of got to respect that, you know? You got to respect it. And I do think if you look at him, you know, wearing the Blue Jays jersey. I know for a fact that he was still out in Toronto. Danny and Kawhi were the only players who stayed in Toronto after they won the title. Like, they were still here mm. up until, like, the day free agency started. I know Kawhi, I know Drake was still trying to take Kawhi out 
Yeah. So, I mean, he came back. He flew back at like 5 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. to get on that flight to come to Toronto for two days. The helicopter thing was, yeah, was a thing of his own. That's wild. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he came back and. I don't know. I just don't think he let them on. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there will be more reporting that comes out from the mm-hmm. front office that says, well, actually, it seemed like the whole time he wanted to go to L.A. And so dragging the process out for five days and telling keeping Toronto in it. Maybe that some people will have, you know, her feelings about that. But also, like, man, it's like if you're an employee in any industry, if you have your employer sort of chasing after you like that, no one just willingly surrenders leverage. Nope. Like, I, I understand it. It's not the necessarily the best thing to do for the Raptors. But it was probably the best thing to do for Kawhi Leonard, and that's what people do in free agency. Kawhi did the best thing for himself. If you if you look at that basketball situation with the Clippers, it's him, good. Pat Beverly, Paul George, Lou Will off the bench, that is scary. Yeah, and so I can't I can't knock him for that. It's un, it's just it's unfortunate the way it went down, but I cannot knock him for the way he did it. And also too, if you look at the some of the reporting that says. Well, you know, the Raptors could have traded Pascal Siakam and whatever, whatever to get Paul George potentially and maybe Russell Westbrook. I think the awkward thing that the awkward situation, even if Kawhi wanted to do it, even Mm -hmm. if he wanted to play with Paul George, let's say with the Raptors, it put Kawhi in a real awkward situation because he just won a title with Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. And right. Those are pieces that would have had to be moved. And we've seen Kawhi bond with this Raptors team in a vastly different way than he ever did with the Spurs. That's true. So imagine being Kawhi Leonard. You just bonded with Kyle Lowry over the course of the season. He lost his best friend yep. in DeMar DeRozan. Me and, me and Kyle Lowry became friends. We won a title together. And then I have to tell him that I want him to be traded or he's a piece that has to be moved in order to bring in somebody who right, I think right. I could win for the next four years with. That is a very difficult position for Kawhi to be in. And as we know from Kawhi, he's not a very vocal guy. So imagine, yeah. imagine that. Be, imagine being Kawhi and telling Serge, "Hey Serge, I I had a monkey penis for you on your show, whatever, <laughs> or whatever you had, whatever." Those fall season three. Yeah. How hungry are you, man? Yeah, I'll I give Serge any ideas. Yeah, I had to do. Th- I did that for you because we're close. But I have. To, I want to win titles, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, you're going to have to be a piece that gets moved in this trade. It's a very awkward situation for him. It's like a clean yeah. slate with the Clippers, and that's. I, I assume that's part of the reason why he did it. Yeah, for sure. Um and you know what? Honestly, like, there's a whole sort of fan reaction to it. I, I thought it would be a little bit different because they won the title. And, like, I don't want to judge any of the fan reaction. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're going to feel what you feel. The whole industry of sports is really just, like, you're going to emotionally invest in something and then sort of feel some sort of way. Like, honestly, being mad is actually part of the experience of being you know, a sports yeah, fan. But for sure. I, it just feels like, to me, like, especially in this era of player empowerment, like, People are just never going to be happy with the way anyone leaves. Like, if I told you a year ago, okay, so you're going to give up Kawhi Leonard, but he's sorry, you're going to give up DeMar DeRozan, but you're going to get Kawhi Leonard, he's going to, you're going to get Danny Green, and you're going to win a title immediately. And it's going to be one of the most memorable title runs ever. Like, so it. many amazing moments. You're going to have like a parade with like three million people in the streets. You're going to have this, like, you know, just, you know, one of the craziest shots of all time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all these sort of moments. And then the guy's going to leave. Would you take that deal? Every single Raptors Every single fan, 100%, is saying, yes, I take that deal. I'm, a th- I'm thrilled with that deal. Sign me up immediately. And so, I-, I don't know. That's exactly kind of how it played out. And, like, you know, you can always nitpick, like, oh, you know, this and this. But, like, people just never get to be happy when, when players yeah. leave. And it's just sort of, if that's the case, and this is the era of player, you know, empowerment, like, I don't know. It's kind of a, a weird relationship, I guess. Yeah, it's a weird relationship. I guess that's why, that's, I guess that's why there's a lot of, People nowadays that are basketball fans that are more fans of players than the teams because it's a lot easier to show loyalty to a player 
than to a team because you never know what a team's going to look like because of the player empowerment era. Um, I would say, if, you know, for Raptors fans, um, as you know, you kind of digest the Kawhi and Danny news. Just like I know, there's a level of um, anxiety as it comes to like, do players ever want to stay here? Well, I, I hope they just kind of examine how they are right now mm-hmm. and see and wonder if our negative reception to a guy that just won the city and the country an NBA title could potentially impact how another free agent potentially feels about coming. Like this guy won a title. He didn't bad. He never bad mouthed the city. Never. He never bad mouthed anything about the city. He never, if any, anything he said was positive about the city. Yeah, yeah. And so now, if I was a Raptors fan, I would say, hey, listen, let me. I know this hurts, but I'm not going to let him know that I'm mad right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. even when you have an ex, right? And you, yeah. And you and you want to curse them out. You try to be on your p's and q's. Yeah. yeah. You could potentially get him back or somebody like him. <laughs> so it's, you yeah, never listen, know. Toronto has definitely developed that relationship as the crazy partner. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like oh you're coming into t- oh, oh you're going out for meetings all right when you come back I'm gonna send a, a helicopter <laughs> we're yeah. gonna have people outside the hotel yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no I mean you know that that kind of love goes both ways you know what I mean when you hit the same kind of energy that like brings three people three million people out to the streets it's just gonna be a couple of them that may go. or may not be uh, uh, you know happy with the whole situation I mean we, we could let's talk quickly actually about the Clippers sure how good is that team and can they load manage I think a lot of people are thinking. Toronto was able to load manage Kawhi, and in those games they won like seventeen and five. Can the mm-hmm. Clips do that? And you know, ultimately, how good can the Clips be in the in the Western Conference? Well, they can load manage. It's a lot harder though in the Western Conference because the Western Conference is stacked. Yeah, there's about four. T- there's about three to four teams in the West that would easily be playoff teams in the East that might miss the playoffs in the West because of how stacked Man. the West is. So Detroit made the playoffs. Exactly. Oh man, I could name three teams easily in the West that might not make the playoffs. I could get in over them. Um, I would say, in in that sense, it's going to be difficult for them to load manage. But when you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and yeah. Lou Will, who could score at any moment's notice, and Landry Shamit, who I like a lot, who I got to cover when he was in college, um, Montres Harrell, Mo Harkless, Zubak. They could uh, use a couple more bigs. Is my well, that's well. That's going to be the interesting thing when they clearly have the best perimeter defense in the league. Yeah, it's clearly. not close. Not close. And the Lakers, and I've been, obviously I'm now I'm like analyzing the Lakers a lot more than I ever did. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, if Demarcus Cousins can return to the pre quad injury form, or even just look good like he did when the the games the Warriors won yeah, during yeah. the finals, then they're almost unstoppable on the interior with LeBron, AD, and Cousins. Yeah. So that. W- that wage of wars, that different of difference of strategies, going to be very interesting. I think they could load manage throughout the throughout the regular season. I think that'd be perfectly fine. I think right. I don't think they'll finish with the number one seed in the regular season, mm-hmm. but I still think they are probably the favorites to come out of the West, depending on what matchup they get. Because I I still think that Lakers matchup is going to be very difficult yeah, with them unless they get another big man who can guard eight the not just AD. And cousins, yeah, like you have to be able to cover guard them both. Because if I'm the Lakers, I'm putting them both on the floor. Defense be damned with yeah. cousins. You you can't. We're gonna they're gonna win the possession battle every game. It's like kind of like when the Sixers went big on the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know LeBron is not Ben Simmons. There you go. So that, that really that really helps. You <laughs> yeah, know, that really helps. Um, yeah, I, I like the Clips too. I think they do need to add another big man just just because like even Montrezl he's like kind of under undersized. Yep. Came off the bench a lot of last year. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, how many, but I mean, ultimately, that's a good team, man. Yeah. That's a really good team. How many in the Western Conference Finals 
how many texts does Montrez Harrell and Demarcus Cousins get? Oh man, <laughs> they're one of them. One of them's dying after that series, man. No, it's. That'd be fun. To I, see. I look forward to it. I look, Zubach is probably not going to see much of the floor, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I you know, I, I'm I'm actually. Just as a basketball fan, like I'm really interested to see what happens in LA. The star power there is crazy. For the Raptors, though, mm-hmm. the big question now is what you do next, especially with the veterans, right? Because you can either have a chance to run it back, or you can sort of try to move some of these pieces, get ahead of it, because these guys are all on expiring contracts. Maybe get some things, get some new players, and get some new prospects and picks, and try to rebuild. For me, I think the question really depends on what the vets want to do themselves. Are yes. they invested in? You know, coming in with a contract year, showing out, and then you know moving forward, or do, are they saying, "Look, I want to be in a different situation"? Because these guys are all older, um, and you know, thank you for this time in Toronto. Um, you know, I want to move on, and if that's the case, then you got to work with these guys to sort of. You can't just have the whole strategy in your mind. You got to work with these guys. Yeah, is my, is my thinking. Yeah, I agree too. I think the first person you talk to is Kyle Lowry. He's put in a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. Hey, Kyle, do you want to defend your title? Or do you want to put yourself in a situation where you could potentially maximize your next deal? Um, and then, man, I could imagine Kyle Lowry gets traded to another team. Raptors get assets for him. And then yeah. Kyle Lowry gets a buyout for three, four million less than what he would have earned. Right. And the next thing you know, Kyle Lowry's on the free market. I'm <sighs> telling you, Kyle Lowry, I mean, look, I don't want to see Kyle Lowry in another rap, uniform other than the Raptors because I love him so much. He's been here for so long. But. If he was on like a team like Philly, for example, yeah, 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 that team yeah. going to the finals, 100%. exactly. Or if he was on, uh, let's say Oladipo wasn't fully healthy, or they just tried to run a three guard lineup, Pacers could yeah. be right there. Yep. Um, he, he could. I'm sure the Lakers would love a point guard as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> outside of LeBron. So, yeah, I, if I'm if I'm a sign, I'm Bobby Webster. I say, hey, listen, Kyle, like. What do you want to do? Yeah. I mean, he's earned that kind of respect. Yes. Like, 100%, you know? Yep. The and buyout thing might be a little tough. Buyout thing might be it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a lot, lot of money. money. Yeah. A lot of money. So, we'll see how it works out um, in terms of Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, obviously, Mark could be a valuable piece for a lot of teams. Um, but I do think if I'm Masai and I'm Bobby Webster, I'm not saying... I here's yes I would I had to think about it I would potentially move off of one of them yeah. uh, probably I don't know who but I want to get Siakam at the five this year okay I want if if the if we have to look about what they could be for the next four or five years or next decade rather yet you have to start getting Siakam some minutes at the five yeah because in, in this NBA you have to at least have a maybe doesn't not your starting lineup but there has to be some lineups where Siakam is the five yeah, yeah. so one of those guys. I would think should go, but again, it's. A, I think it all starts with Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. If he wants to move on to give himself a better chance to have a better contract, because now he's in the offensive pecking order, he just ha- he has to go up another level now. In yeah, terms of, I just don't think his body can handle his, that, man. Exactly. Yeah. So you'd if I'm Kyle Lowry, maybe I do want to position myself for one one more deal. Yeah. So. You know, we'll see, but I think it's imperative upon the Raptors to get Siakam some minutes at the five this year mm-hmm. because the the next goal for Masai and Bobby Webster should be not just building a team that could win a title, but be, building a team that could win a title where you don't have an immensely important player on the last year of this deal. Yeah. You know, like you would love Bradley Beal to have bid on this roster because mm-hmm. you know you have him for a couple more years. Like that's the next. That could have changed the quiet decision. That could have changed. But do you, I don't know if you win if Bobby if Bradley Beal's on the roster 
as of this past final season because you don't know what you had to trade to get get that's off true. the books. So that's you never true. know what kind of maneuvering you had to do. But either way, I think it's imperative. Now their next step should be how do we build a sustainable winner and not just a winner for one year. Right. Um, I think some fans are really enamored with the idea of if they do – like if all the veterans buy in, they say, look, I like the situation in Toronto – Obviously, with Kawhi gone and also Danny gone, there's a couple more shots to go around. My numbers will look good. You know, I could mm-hmm. use this as a launching pad for the next, you know, contract and things like that. And also, I want to run it back. If all the veterans say I want to run it back, I think a lot of fans will be okay with that. Even though you might lose a couple assets along the way, like, ultimately, you know, this team, I mean, I know they're just coming off a championship and things like that, but, like, the Raptors as a franchise not had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Notwithstanding, uh, you know their long-term outlook. This would be otherwise one of the best Raptors rosters ever, even mm. without Danny and Kawhi. That's it. That's and crazy. So I think some. I think some fans would probably like to see it running back if they do run it back. And assuming everyone is decently healthy. Yep. Um, I mean, how successful would you see that team at Eastern s- Conference? I would say I'd put the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, and with a healthy. Okay, wait, hold on. Celtics. I gotta stop you. The, the, I'd still put this. I put this. Actually, the thing is, the Celtics like I. They I, don't have any bigs. They're 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 starting. No. They're they're starting Enos Cancer. No, no, no. Aaron Baines is still there, I believe, though. Right? No. No, nah, he he left too. He went to Phoenix. Oh damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they got no <laughs> bigs. You can't you can't oh, start Enos Cancer. Okay, from a ma- okay from a matchup perspective, they probably don't match up well. But maybe from a regular season performance perspective, okay. maybe I'd still give it to them. But in a in a playoff series, that'd be a tough one for them. Mm. Uh, tough one for the Celtics to win. Um, Pacers, depending on Oladipo's health. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're very much in the mix to host a host a first round series. So yeah. why not? You know, why yeah. not run it back? And there's a certain level of pride that I'm assuming all these guys have, and like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, man, we could be good. Like, we could be good without Kawhi, and we could be good without Danny. Yeah. And the one thing, the the second most disappointing thing about the Raptors Finals run um, was the absence of OG Ananobi. Yeah. Yeah. And if Phil, I believe Phil Handy's still around. Phil, uh, he was in Vegas. Yeah, he, he was, was in Vegas, Vegas with the, the team. team so. Yeah. So if Phil still, and if Phil's still around, we saw. What he was able to do with Kawhi Leonard's handles this year. Yeah. Kawhi's bounce off the dribble, I've never seen that from Kawhi. And yeah. so if he could start inserting that into OG's game, mm. then you're talking about OG and Siakam doing really well. I mean, hey, first and another thing too. Um I be, so Jeremy Castleberry yeah. with the Clippers now. Yeah. If I'm the Raptors, I'm making a call to Rico Hines. Okay. <laughs> There's a player developmental coach opening. Yeah. Pascal's favorite. That's, yeah, that's Pascal's, Pascal's guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, tell Rico come over to Toronto, work on Siakam and OG. Because hey, if, if Siakam and OG pan out, you have them already under your you have them under your wing already. You can mm. exceed the cap for them. All types of you know how it goes when you have a rookie under your control, yeah, yeah. quote unquote control. They could be special if they can if they can take another step. Um, you could work from there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's that bad either way. Mm-hmm. Like I'd understand either way. You know, um, based on the rest of the team building sort of strategy. Um, so they brought in Stanley Johnson. Yep. Two year deal. Second year as a player option. Pretty cheap. Uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. I was surprised he was available at the minimum. I think he's mm-hmm. better than that. I, mm-hmm. He's young. He, he's he's shown he can produce on a playoff team. I don't know why he's making the minimum. Obviously, he's not perfect as a player, but I, I like him at least. Um, McCaw's back. They brought McCaw. Um, McCaw's got a good agent. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the eight mil over two years, I was a little bit surprised by, it, but also, I mean, is that was that second year a, a team option, or play option? I'm not really sure. Okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, either I like way, McCaw. that's not that's not bad. I like yeah. McCaw too. I, there's there's more there, and I've I, based on sort of the way last season went, I don't think there was minutes for him. But I think this year, I basically I think based on all the additions they made, and they brought they brought in like a guy like Matt Thomas from the um, overseas who I think played in Iowa before that, and also. Uh, this guy Terrence Davis, who I mm-hmm. saw some summer league highlights. I was like, "Yo, this guy, this guy could be good." And mm-hmm. I had to remind myself it's summer league, so yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe chill. But it feels like the Raptors are kind of basically use the rest of the roster to sort of figure out. Look, we want to make a defensive um, identity. We want to maintain that. That was obviously the best part of the Raptors this season. And uh, we just want to use the rest of the roster to so kind of see almost like a summer league team, like a tryout, kind of see like who's actually good. Yeah. And sort of move from there. And these are intriguing guys that yeah. they brought in. I I like all their pickups considering the circumstance. You take a better one of these guys. I think they really learned that this switching. They, I mean, as I said a lot last year or during this past playoff run, they were the best defensive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And now with these new cast of characters, they could potentially be one of the better teams in the NBA again because of the switchability mm-hmm. of a Stanley Johnson. Patrick McCall could pick up ninety four feet. Um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is a, a good defender. So again, there's something they could do. You just you're just hoping one of these guys learns how to shoot. One of these guys learns how to shoot, then yep. then you got something. You got something, and you just you just added another capable wing starter, mm-hmm. and then you're just trying to figure out who's going to be the point guard um, of the future. And that'll be an interesting question for Masai and Bobby to answer as it pertains to Fred Van Fleet. I love Fred, but do they see? I wonder how they envision him as the starting point mm-hmm. guard going forward just because of his size. I mean, we saw what happened in that 76ers series. Do they say, hey, any starting point There could be a, a, a train of thought that if I'm going to win a championship, my point guard has to be a certain height. But then again, he's surrounded by so much length that maybe you get yeah. away with it. I don't know. It's something to, for them to evaluate. I imagine a lot more run for Fred this year. Because yeah. Fred's on a contract year, too. Yeah, that's true. So that's we'll true. see. And he said previously that you know his goal is to be a, a starting uh, caliper point guard and obviously we'll see if like you know a team actually gives them that opportunity um but yeah i mean this is a good trial i mean this is you know the thing is like it, it's not just a trial for the new guys they bring it's also a trial for the rest of the guys like yep. you get more opportunity for guys like og more opportunities for guys like norm mm-hmm. norm is always a guy that i always felt like he's just so inconsistent but like the highs are really good the highs are really good and if you could just find some consistency and i think maybe part of that is also finding consistent minutes because he's just never really had that in his career yep if you can get that going pascal maybe goes for another level like i think basically what the raptors are going to have this year is a chance to see what they actually have yep and you can evaluate that on top of the fact that you know what the veterans going to give you they can provide a construct if they want to stay mm-hmm. around but um pascal though as a number one option yep is that possible yeah, it's possible. Number one option on a championship winning team or number one option on a contending team? Like a playoff team. A playoff team? Yes, depending on the structure around him. Does okay. he have a savvy point guard that could still get him his let outs and all those yep. type of points? Um, you already, his footwork in the paint is special. Imagine when he gets a little bit stronger that he can actually bully people. Because yeah. he could already outstretch him, right? He could already just shoot over a lot of people. Um, his corner three kind of trailed off there towards the end of the playoffs. Um, but if that's there, and then his off-the-bounce game, you saw some flashes of it where he was able to do the mid-range. It's it's possible, but he has to put in the work yeah. to get there. But he put in the work to get where he's at now. So I could see it. Um, 
How will he handle double teams and things of that nature? That's, that's what I'm curious that's, about. Yeah. That's going to be another level. That's why I say a lot of it might really depend. Not A lot of it will, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what type of point guard is he playing with? Is he playing with a true playmaker mm-hmm. that could allow him to, like, because of his speed and his length, and get him those 10 yeah. to 12 r- rather easy buckets and not everything's coming off of isolation? Yeah. Or is he playing with a point guard that's only a catch-and-shoot? A shooter so that he doesn't really create too much he just provides right. spacing it's going to be interesting to see i think again this is another good reason for the raptors to kind of look at pascal and see how could they formulate a team around him what's his strengths and where can he improve and where is it going to be really difficult for him to improve yeah and that's a good point about like the guy setting him up because you don't want pascal to create everything and mm-hmm. it's just almost impossible to ask any basically power forward or eventually a center basically to create that much for himself and, you know, that that might be a point in the favor of keeping Kyle around. Because Kyle is kind of the ideal playmaker for a guy like Pascal. Very unselfish, looking to distribute. Very, very heads-up player in terms of pushing the pace. So, mm-hmm. you know, that could be something there. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to see what Pascal does, too. I think it's going to be – it's not going to be as smooth of a ride as it was this season. I think Pascal sort of snuck on a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. And then he got better as the season went on. So even when people came prepared for him, he was still scoring Yo, 20. Salute him. He got so much better month yeah. by month. It was crazy. It was it was wild. I mean, like, when I, I still remember that game against Phoenix where, like, um, it was just, like, a random game in March or whatever. Like, I don't think the Raptors were taking it too seriously. I think Kawhi was low managing. And, like, it was a close game because Phoenix was trying pretty hard. And um, from the get-go, they started double-teaming Pascal. And that's the first time I've ever seen a team basically say from the jump, we're going to double-team Pascal. We're going to force everyone else to beat you. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors couldn't really do that. And then at the very end, they started like the offense started going well, and so you know they, they w- went back to single coverage. Yeah, and then Pascal gets the ball at the very end, and he, I mean, I can't believe they drew up the play for him. And it wasn't even a play; it was just like get the ball at the top, drive to the rim, and you know, you finish. Go. And he and he hit a game winner, which is, I don't know, uh, he's he's developed a lot. I, I think I I do worry as a fan though, like, do you, like fans might put too much expectations on a guy like that. Yeah. Because, like, it's not like he's a natural star where you know for sure he's going to, you know, take that next step to becoming elite. Mm-hmm. So I do worry about that in that perspective. But he's a strong guy. He, yeah. he understands. And I think the, the beautiful thing for him is he's, he's not an offensive supernova. He's a defensive player as well. So he could – maybe he doesn't become, like, the number one scoring option, but he still is very capable of being on the all-NBA first or second-team defense every year for the rest of his career until, like, he gets – rather rather old so that's another feather in his cap as you look at his overall uh value uh to to a franchise so i'm looking forward to that and as you mentioned his um development remember in the beginning of the year everybody was talking about his spin move yeah yeah. at the end of the year nobody was really even talking about it because he didn't have to use he's he developed so many counters because it people finally learned what he was trying to do Mm -hmm. but he still had so many counters uh to that i I truly salute him. He got a lot better. Yeah. And I'm excited to see if OG could take that next step. Yeah, for um, sure. As well. Yeah, and I think the only issue I had was in terms of like the additions around it was because if you decide Pascal and to a lesser degree OG are your main pieces going forward, um the ideal guys you want around those types of players are shooters, yes. guys who are knockdown guys who can space the floor, right? Um I think next year Pascal's going to have a lot more double teams and we'll see what comes out of that but Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is a very solid defender uh hustles like crazy um <laughs> not a shooter not a shooter um even like I mean he even goes he even goes in for a lot of layups and I'm just like what's going on yeah. there um Stanley Johnson I guess he's like theoretically a shooter but not really nope. 
He's one of those guys where you're like, you're not good enough on offense, so like just space the floor and we'll hope you knock it down. Yep. And then he doesn't really hit at a high rate. Matt Thomas, the guy they brought from overseas, is apparently a 99% shooter. On the, <laughs> like the effective percentage, shooting percentage was, yeah, the, the tweet has been crazy. Raptors fans are now expecting like JJ Redick times two. But yeah. um, I mean, I don't know. We'll see if he's even an NBA player, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just don't see a lot of shooting on the roster. In fact, the, most of the shooters are like, you know, the veteran guys mm-hmm. almost. And the veteran guys plus Fred. So I, I would like to see the Raptors sort of go out and at least, if you're going to go with this route, maybe get a couple more shooters. And then if you look at the market, there's not a lot of great shooters out there. Yeah, the market went up fast, man. I think within, by the end of Sunday, last Sunday night, 60% of players were already signed. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so the Raptors are in a tough spot regardless. Um, I guess just you just have to make hay with what you got. And honestly, for somebody like Norm, if Norm wants to be a starter in this league, he's going to have to up his rate of catch and shoot, uh, you know, uh, efficiency anyway. So hey, give Norm. There's no other time yeah. but for now for Norm. There's no other time but now for Fred, who's going to you know make a he's going to have the opportunity to make a case that he's a starting point guard in this yep. league because Kyle's in his last year. So hey, I, I I also salute the Raptors roster for saying. You know, this is we need shooting. Mm-hmm. We should have shooters on the roster. They, their their names are yeah. Norman Powell. Their names are Fred Van Fleet. Hey, if Patrick McCall wants to be a starter in this oh, yeah, league, about him. he better start hitting. He better start hitting catch and shoot threes. or take any shots, man. There I've never go. seen a guy so unselfish. There you go. Yeah, and they everybody on this roster has the comfort of winning a title, but also the inspiration mm-hmm. of proving themselves. Yeah. Um. Outside outside the veterans, the veterans are already solid and they're yeah, standing yeah. in the league, but. All these young cats got a chance, man. So go ahead and take it. Yeah, for sure. And, and Norm, like low key, shot forty percent last year from deep. I, that's a, I, every time I look at his you know, yeah, player page, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah that catch me like, off because I don't. It doesn't look like it should go in. It almost looks like his arms are too long. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, I mean, well, you, you know, know, hopefully that goes up. And, and for a guy like Norm, like he played so well with with uh, with uh, with Marcus Saul. So like you, you keep Mark around to help his development. I don't really know. There's a lot of tough questions. You can really see Mark and uh, Kyle having a great benefit to this team, sticking around when yeah. you say something like that. Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision. I guess we don't envision Norm as a shooter just because he's he's a lot more capable off the bounce than Danny. Yep. Where Danny's just like, I'm catching and I'm shooting it, whereas yeah, yeah. Norm's like, I don't have to do that every time. Right, I can right. put it on the ground. But yeah, if Norm could take, if Magic Norm takes another uptick, mm-hmm. I mean, and Danny hinted towards this before the play, playoffs started when we did our live show. He said Norm is coming like Danny. He wasn't Danny wasn't trying to compliment himself. He was just complimenting Norm. He said yeah. Norm is turning into Danny Green 2.0 because okay. of his shooting. And okay. you know, Norm played fairly well throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was big time. He was without, big time. Without, without him, I, the Raptors don't get past the Bucks. There you go. Like he came out of nowhere. Oh, he started yeah, dropping the, twenty points on the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks series. He was special. So. You know, here's here goes Norm's chance now to to really be the true starter at the two. And if he can mm-hmm. hit if he can hit threes at that rate with the off the bounce ability that he has, with the championship experience and the playoff, you know, he's he seems to be very comfortable in the playoff setting. Um, yeah. So definitely doesn't lack for confidence. There you go. I mean, yeah. everything's right in front of him to take it. So I think Raptors fans, because these are homegrown talents. Mm-hmm. Um, like a OG, like a Pascal. I think there's a certain sense of pride that they can have yeah. in watching them try to defend the title and improve their games at the same time. I, you know, I grew up a Knicks fan, so like my favorite Knicks were always players that were homegrown. Yeah, I had a real obsession with Amon Shumpert for a while. That's hey, gone man. drastically wrong. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know why it's gone wrong. I like Amon too. I thought he was going to be really something. I liked Amon. I liked Amon in the, the Cavs too, just yeah. as like a hustle guy. Yeah. 
It's a perfect role for him. But yeah, so I could understand Raptors fans. If I'm a Raptors fan, I'm excited because there's now there's homegrown talent on the team with championship experience. Mm-hmm. Imagine cheering for the Raptors three, four years from now when all the guys who you drafted are in the Eastern Conference Finals fighting to go to the finals. Like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty damn cool. So yeah. I'd be excited. Yeah. So the day that this whole thing went down, let's go back to the big, you know, topic out for, uh, out top with Kawhi leaving and also. You know, Danny left too, mm-hmm. and I thought that was it wasn't like I think I feel like you kind of knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. um, because obviously the situation was just not going to be the same for either side. But I think that part is also kind of devastating too, just because, like I mentioned earlier, like you need the floor spacing out there to sort of maximize the talent of everyone else. But I also thought Danny was a great vet in terms of just like you know all the young guys. You know, they, he built a relationship with them, um, and you know it's just. When you don't have that around, I think it, it doesn't I, – I think it's just like one of the benefits of the, the Raptors this year was everyone was so level-headed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Danny really contributed to that as well. And also he was just like very steady. 80 games, shot 45% from deep. Like, it sucks that your man is gone, man. I'm, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, unfortunate how it all unfolded. I think, you know, as you look at Danny's impact on and off the court, I think a big – I think he was huge in respect that Kyle – wasn't necessarily with the team at the beginning of the season yeah, because yeah. of the Demar deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kyle's a funny guy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle's a funny and guy. And Kyle, admittedly, was you know he'll you know he he said it already, so I'm not saying anything new. Um, but for Danny to come in and be that leader, that was it was huge. But I think Danny takes a lot of pride in leaving those habits behind um, and kind of telling guys what to do. Because right. if it wasn't for guys like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Pop and the whole Spurs organization. Danny wouldn't have any standing in this league. Yeah. Um, well, he might, but a lot less chance, right? So yeah. I think as he as he leaves, as he's left, I think he's going to still he imparted a, a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of like uh, habits that hopefully um, some of the guys carry on. That if you look, I mean, Danny was always encouraging of Norm Powell, even though they're fighting for the same dollars and same right. position. Right. Always encouraging of OG, even though if OG starts to play well, you start to say, hey, Danny's got to come off the bench. Fred Van Fleet, same right. way. Hey, Fred, right. you're playing well. You're shooting well. We need another ball hand out there. Go ahead, do your thing. I mean, they basically traded places in the starting lineup in the finals. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that lasting impact, that resulted in an NBA title, right? All the habits that Danny executed throughout the course of the year and the mannerisms when things were going his way where he was – able to step out the, the spotlight, even though he is the team's designated shooter. Um, I think it's going to have a lasting impact. And, yeah, it's unfortunate how it went down, but I think we all know Danny's just turned 32. Yeah. I think any Raptor fan um, should have a level of appreciation uh, for what he did and what he's trying to accomplish. He wants yeah. to be known as a winner. From you know, He played at North Carolina. Yep. He played with the Spurs. He won a title with the Raptors. He wants to keep winning because when his yeah. career is old, he's not, um, he's not. Let's say Shaq, right? He's yeah. not Charles Barkley, who didn't win the title. But yeah. these guys were superstars. So well, it's he could so be he, like Kenny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they, where did Ken, Where did Kenny go to school? <laughs> yeah, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, there Thank go. you. Yeah. Ken, why is Kenny so pop? Kenny Smith so popular decades after he won the title. Because he won titles, he was associated. Yeah. associated with winning. So that winning perspective is always valuable. As whether he does broadcasting or not, even if he does something, to- whether he does something totally different, he's associated with being a good presence in winning 
environments. Yeah. And uh, so I know that's uh, very imperative for him when he was making his decision. So I'm happy for him. And I think, you know, as it comes to winning the title with the Raptors, I think it's always going to hold a special place for him because. Yeah, for sure. You know, you win with North Carolina, it's what you're supposed to do. You win with the Spurs, it's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So I know there's a part of him that's just like, wants to sh- wanted to show people that I don't have to be in the typical quote-unquote winning environments right, right. in order to be known as a winner. I can go to a place that's never won yeah. and still win. Yeah. Uh, so the country and the city still are going to hold a special place uh, in his heart because of that. And obviously, too, because he's able to be himself more. The pod- I think he's... At first, I don't, I don't want to say he was skeptical about the podcast, but he was, ins- he was very unsure how it was going to turn out. I think the podcast reception and people getting to know his personality, especially after leaving the Spurs, where you know everything is kind of buttoned up. Um, in that sense, for him to be able to come out and show his personality more, engage with the fans, yeah. and to have it result in this, the, the, the epicenter of what you would want to do as a basketball player, winning a title, yeah, yeah. is a special, no, special it, it, everything situation. Everything worked out, man crazy <laughs> everything worked out perfect um yeah and i think you know I, first off i already said it, he's gonna be he's gonna be very missed here in toronto i think his fit with the lakers i almost don't want to necessarily talk about it because like it makes so much sense you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean he's yeah. gonna start he's gonna play three and d um and it's gonna be a winning situation for him and he's gonna be real solid and i think honestly part of the issue with what the, what befell the lakers last year was like it was lebron and like a bunch of like vets that were a little too old like, you know, respect some of these guys, but, like, Tyson Chandler was, like, one of their best defenders, and it's, like, this this isn't it's in 2011 anymore, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, And then the rest of the guys were young, and the young guys were really inconsistent, as you would expect young guys to be. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, there wasn't that bridge, and I think Danny coming in and, and the, the tone of the Lakers this year, I, I, that's, that's going to be a damn good team. Yeah. That's a damn good team. And, you know, and, and there's a, there's there are some people, you know, I try not to look too, too much at trolls on my account, but... Sometimes you look in your mentions and you do get some good stuff. So yeah, yeah. a lot of it is bad, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but I was you know looking at some of this some of the mentions and I'm trying to try, try to explain to people that Danny on the war, on the Lakers is a tremendously good fit. Oh yeah. Oh my, I, he's uh, more than he would have been on the Raptors. Yeah. He is more relied upon on the Lakers than he would have been on the Raptors. I don't envision a situation where Danny's going to be sat in a finals game. And as a you know, as a guy with pride who worked your whole life to be in this position, you want to be relied upon. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so he's going to be relied upon with the Lakers. I'm easily, despite all the teams and players that he's played with, LeBron is the best passer that he's ever played with, right? And so yeah. he's going to get. And there, and if if you look at the construct of the offense, for the most part, Danny with the Raptors was stand in the corner, ball movement will find you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with LeBron. They will run actions, whether it's pin downs or pistol actions or yeah, down yeah. screens, where Danny is the targeted offensive option right. because of the actions that they could run because of all the attention that's going to be on LeBron and, and, AD. On, and AD. I mean, yeah. Danny on the on in in the corners off of that pick and roll yeah. is scary. And then on top of the actions that they could run for him, where frankly, with the Raptors, they, they didn't run too many plays for him. They had a they yeah, put him yeah. in a position to be effective just mm-hmm. just because of his element of floor spacing. But I look what the, look what LeBron did with Kyle Korver. Yeah, um, when he they had the, the hammer play, that man they ran it like crazy. LeBron, his passing vision, his play, his play calling, playmaking, um, with a shooter like Danny is Danny could. Danny had a great year regular season this past year. I wouldn't be surprised if he had an even better one mm. uh, this upcoming season. And as a 32-year-old player, yeah, the idea of you having one of your best seasons, yeah, yeah. It, 
I mean, honestly, this is one of his best seasons. Yeah, you and, know what I mean? and, and he could have a better one, yeah. which is which is, I'm sure for him, yeah. exciting. And and I know there's another element too where Danny likes to be recognized for his defense. Yeah, um, and he got the he got the most votes for any player that didn't make right, right. The he was an All NBA third team defense exactly, yeah. and that doesn't exist, yeah. right? So if he plays the same level of defense, just for the sheer nature of playing for the Lakers, yeah, yeah. he's going to be recognized on all defensive team. Yeah, if for he, sure. If he shoots over forty five percent again, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to the three point competition next year in Chicago. Yeah, an All Star weekend. This, I mean, it's casualty of playing with the Lakers, and thankfully for him, the Lakers have LeBron and AD. Right, right. <laughs> so he's going to be, and he's he's in a very good, very good situation. That even if the opportunity was financially was the same with the Raptors, it still would be hard to turn down. Yeah, for even sure. as much as you would want to run it back, like and he did want to run it back. Yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I think you know there was a report out there from uh, Chris Haynes that. LeBron's going to play point guard, which I, I think makes yeah. sense. Like, you don't even have to say that necessarily, but mm-hmm. I think it's like really put out there that LeBron's going to be the point guard, main playmaker, everything. And if that's the case, that's fine. LeBron could be the point guard on offense, but LeBron's not guarding the point guard on defense. No, no, no. And that falls to Danny. Yeah. And Danny's going to be covering most of the guards out there. And man, in the West, like, there's yes. a, lot of, a lot of good guards out there in the West. So, um, it, that's yeah, good. Danny's going to get a lot of recognition. And I'm really happy for him because, like, again, as you mentioned, this is a winning player, did, does everything right. Um, and you just want guys like that to spend the you know the last couple of years of their prime in a good situation. Mm-hmm. You don't just want to waste it. Like like when Trevor Ariza signed with like the Kings, the Kings. Minutes. I'm like, man. I mean, I get I, and the, the Suns last year too. Like I get getting the bag, but also at the same time, like you just want to see these guys in good situations. So and, I'm and happy I, Danny landed. And and I do think uh, Danny's. You know, there's going to be there's always going to be a group of young basketball players who are trying to fight in the league and trying to make a name for themselves or that either in the league or like training right now in high school. Mm-hmm. And they could look at the superstars and, and aspire to be them. But at a certain point, you got to recognize who you are. Yeah. And I think for those guys who know it, who learned a lot faster than the others, looking at Danny and looking at his career is going to be like, wow, that's a pretty darn cool career. Yeah. He, he just, he settled, he, he settled with being who he, you know, what he could do well, playing defense hitting shots and he did that throughout the course of his career with multiple franchises was always a good locker room guy i could be that guy for 15 years as opposed to trying to be russell westbrook right (laughs) i mean yeah you make a hell of a bag but you're you're always associated with losing yeah that sucks (laughs) um so there's you know I, i again i'm happy for him it's a good position to be in and i hope i hope his success even though it's not superstar success but his success has an impact on how players pursue their careers going forward because it's not a bad model to live by yeah for sure for sure um personally what are you gonna do people people gotta know (laughs) yeah well i'm definitely going to la uh at some point i don't know if it's going to be in a consistent base i don't know if i'm going to live live there or if i'm going to just travel there uh i do have i don't have there is a little hesitation, not hesitation, but a little love anxiety because I know what the perception of LA is in terms of the people. Yeah, yeah. and I've found people in Toronto to be great. And yeah, not pretentious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure I could find the right community, the right group of people that I could get along with. So uh, eventually, I probably will move out there. Mm. It's um, hard to leave the city, isn't it? It's hard. To we leave we the need city. someone. Someone. In, some, we hard. need somebody to say that about Toronto right yeah. now. We're hurting. You know. Yeah. I'm. Hey, listen, man. I'm. 
A beautiful I, city. I've already vouched. Daddy needs a house sitter, so I've already told him I'm available. So, um, I'm hope. I, but again, I still think uh, there might be an opportunity for me here as well to stay long term, full time, mm-hmm. and I just travel to LA and come back. Um, we'll see how things develop here in the next couple uh, days, couple maybe a couple weeks or so. Yeah. Um, but the, the goal for me, I best case scenario would be to stay. Yeah. Um, with an opportunity that would allow me to continue to display what I could bring to the table and then travel to L.A. on a periodical basis to take the podcast. Yeah. But, and if that doesn't happen uh, here, then I'm off to L.A. Right. Where maybe you might, might not. It's best that you keep me here now. Yeah. Because <laughs> once I go, I might be gone. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Nah, it doesn't. It seems like it's a win-win either way. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really or maybe can't you, you spend the summers in Toronto. You know, you get winters in LA is not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I'm sure that was on the table for quiet. I'm Duncan. <laughs> the load man, the new load management <laughs> plan. Load is uh, January. <laughs> you're, you're not here. Just you leave the candle goose behind. Yeah. Just go home. Come back. Yeah. Raptors probably win like more than half those games, and you're still in a good spot. You know, it's too bad, Kawhi. It's too bad. You know, you decided to go home, but we get it. We get it, um, Harrison. Before you go, could I can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, having a conversation about I was having a conversation about this yesterday. Guaranteed, Clippers, Lakers, Christmas Day. Yeah, for sure. Guaranteed. Celt Brooklyn Nets at Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed. There's a couple other matchups that are up in the air. Yeah, they always got that random Portland game. Yeah. That, like, I don't want to watch, and it's like a 10.30, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm like sleepy it. as hell, and like Rudy Gobert is like dunking, and I'm like, I don't care about this. <laughs> I don't care about this. <laughs> Do the Raptors. Oh, man. Get it? <laughs> you, know, you know, the only team, I think somebody put it out, there are two teams that won an NBA title mm-hmm. that didn't end up getting a Christmas game in the year, and both teams were Spurs teams. Um, Wait, did Cleveland get one last year? Ooh, because I was saying, well, oh, maybe, I, yeah, maybe, 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 it was the Cavs and Spurs then. Did the Cavs get no, 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 no. no. They, 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 the year the Cavs, the year the Cavs won, they still they like, won the title. Yeah, they broke. Okay, like they went to yeah, the yeah. finals and they yeah, didn't yeah, get. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. different. That's different. Yeah, yeah. Won the title, didn't get the Christmas game. <sighs> Man, okay, so this is a sensitive subject. Yeah. for uh, Torontonians, as you know, I've learned that. I've yeah. learned that. You know, we we have we honestly nitpicked the smallest things, but it is weird. I think when you look at the bigger picture, you're like, why don't we get the same kind of treatment? Why don't why not why not Spurs at Raptors. That would be great. Spurs, that would be Spurs great. at Raptors Christmas Day. That w- that's that, great. Let's like the do noon, that. The noon Let's game. lock that in. Yeah. Let's lock that in. That's not a bad one. Yeah. I forget. The ratings might be a little bit shaky because I don't think a lot of people in San it's Antonio. Not bo- it's not a blockbuster. And uh, I don't think the ratings in Toronto count. But, uh, I mean, you know, it would be great. It would be great if it, if, if it was just like. Imagine DeMar coming back to the place that won a title without him facing off against yeah. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. No, nah, you, you, you know they're gonna get like Sixers, uh, Sixers Celtics. Yeah, oh, well. and then maybe we get to play the Nets. That, no, that will be actually. It's nice. gonna be it's gonna be Sixers Bucks, Sixers, Sixers Bucks, Bucks, Sixers yeah. Bucks for sure. Nets at Nets at uh, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers. Those, yeah. uh, you could almost bank those. I was gonna say yeah. Was, now that we're breaking it down, the Raptors are not getting Christmas games still. Think, People yeah. are still gonna be mad about this. Warriors because the Warriors got to get one right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking. There's like one. There's like one slot that they might be able to get, and they probably don't get it. They're they're not getting that. It's, it's it's all right. Unfo- it's unfortunate. It's okay. Look, listen. Uh, you can spend Christmas with your family. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> a bad thing. It's not a bad <laughs> thing, man. You, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Spurs low key, very good off season. Yeah. If you consider the fact, well, Marcus Morris, Damari Carroll, and you have to consider the fact that Dejounte Murray is coming back. Uh, maybe this is just my bias. Go ahead. Because I just watched 
I stayed up last night to watch Raptors Spurs in Summer League. Yeah. Lonnie Walker is good, man. Yeah, you, I forgot about He's him. He's good. Oh, like, and so the and the final piece of the trade was what what's the guy's Pertle. name? No, uh, not Pertle, the the first oh, round pick. Oh, um, the first actually, Keldon I, Keldon Johnson. Yeah, yeah. He's a part of the the Danny Green Kawhi Leonard. He was the 29th pick. He's a Keldon Johnson who's had I don't know he played the last game, but before that, he had like a couple of twenty plus point performances. Okay, so the Kel- Keldon wa- that's a, that's Keldon deep, Johnson watches. That's one. a real deep cut, man. Yeah. That was a real deep cut. I'm <laughs> yeah. just nodding like I know who that is, but <laughs> <laughs> Keldon Johnson, he's all right. I mean, look, right. I think that's his name at least. I, I mean, look, <laughs> the Spurs will get anybody and they'll, they'll turn him into something. But yeah. um, no, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think Toronto's getting a Christmas game. I mean, people are gonna be mad. It's okay. It's, it is what it is. Toronto's gonna keep going and keep being mad. Hopefully a little bit less mad now that they're titles, they're champions. Got a but title. I mean, it's gonna be. Couple, it's gonna be, honestly the whole thing's gonna be weird, all right? Because they're gonna lift the the, the banner on yeah. opening night. I mean, if, if you are, who do they play opening night? See, I would want the Clippers on opening night so Kawhi could actually be here for it. Yeah, but that would be awkward because then they get their ass kicked. Yeah, and also too, <laughs> you don't want that to be. That's well, actually because they only play each other twice. Yeah, you want it more. In a, you want to add a more prime time. You want to add a better prime time slot. Maybe it is opening night game. Maybe. Maybe opening week game. Sure, um, Martin Luther King Day game. No, no. By then they, 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 they don't even give the Raptors those games because yeah. like we don't have MLK Day here. Yeah, so. you're right. Okay, um, it's gotta be maybe opening night op- would be nice. Opening night, it, w- it will just be a little bit sad. I mean, look, here's the thing: if it's opening night, we know Paul George and Dan- still recovering, and Danny's, gonna, and Danny's gonna be like a random Saturday matinee. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be unfortunate. That's gonna be unfortunate. The, the best part of the season next year will be all the returning Raptors coming in, getting the rings. Yeah, I think that's. I, JV, I'm, I'm looking for it. I mean, even CJ Miles is now yeah. in the Wizards, and I know Raptors fans really don't like the Wizards. So seeing the Wizards sort of wait in the sideline while watching CJ get a ring yeah, is gonna be pretty be cool. fun. Hopefully, they keep CJ until that point. But um. The unfortunate thing is not yeah. all the players going to be able to go to Parliament, though. That's the thing also. like, So when they go to Parliament and it's like, you Kawhi's know, not there, Pascal's not there, there, Fred's there, but then Eric Moran's there. And it's like, it's not it's not the same, you know. They no. may got to bring, like, the fake Kawhi come in just like, <laughs> just like, just like put him in the jersey. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know, man. You laugh because it hurts. <laughs> It, it, it is weird. It is weird. I would have very much liked for them to run it back. You yeah. Know? There was a lot of memories here, but. Yeah. And easily would and easily would have been to the finals. Yeah, they won. Oh my god, the East sucks. East, is, East, is, <laughs> East sucks. East like is even washed. the Sixers, where I'm like, oh, that's probably have the most talent. And I'm like, they got one guy that can dribble, and he's Ben Simmons, and they like, got one and a half shooters. Yeah. yeah. Everyone said they had a good offseason. I'm like, yeah. I don't think giving Tobias Harris that much money is a good. Like, he's I'm happy for Tobias that he got the money. Yeah, but he, he's not even good at three. He's better at four. There you go. And I you and you got Al Horford. I, I just. I don't that's a weird it. trade. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that trade personally. If any, I was so even Reddick to Richardson is like Richardson's way better defensively, but like the drop. I don't know, man. You need the shooting. Yeah, I mean their best act, their best actions end of game were Embiid Reddick two man games. Yep. and Jimmy Butler pick and rolls, and oh. they lost both of those. They lost both of those. Yeah, so who's gonna close games for them? Because you know it's not Ben Simmons. It's not Ben Simmons. And so your your yeah. end of game is Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris running a pick and roll with Embiid. Yeah, it probably is. That's not. I mean, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not good. Not man. good. Not good. And, hey, then, and then no. and then and then the Bucks. I mean, like, damn. Like, I thought Brogdon was their second best player, and then to lose him. So, but then you signed his brother, so you save it. <laughs> oh yeah, you that's signed, right. You signed that's crazy. Brother. They signed him. You know what though? The Raptors uh, a couple years back they signed Nick Wiggins. You heard of Nick Wiggins? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Wiggins' brother. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And Wiggins was even on the team. Yeah, and that was Wiggins. Yeah. Well, 
That's what the Mavericks did with uh, Giannis' brother, too. Yeah. His younger brother. I remember that. Because the Raptors had, I think, they had no picks last year. No first or no seconds. And he got picked 59th, I believe, mm-hmm. by the Mavs. And I was just praying and hoping. I was watching that entire draft to the very end. And I'm like, this guy's still on the board. And I know how much Masai likes the Giannis, the mm-hmm. Tenacumbo family. There's mm-hmm. a different, certain um, tie there. So does, so does Giannis watch start now? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's it's already a thing. Yeah, Alex already uh, Alex already put it at sixty five percent. So he <laughs> he said Kawhi was coming back ninety nine point eight. I know. So sixty five percent. I I put it at like fifteen or whatever. But Man, if they would have, eh, who knows? I mean, they should have really bought. I don't care what the cost is. You bring back Brogdon. I mean, who knows? Brogdon might have some injury issues, but still, I mean, you got to play for upside there. Yeah. You got you got Giannis on the team. You can't be playing for the luxury tax and stuff. That's how you lose superstars to yeah. Toronto eventually, hopefully. Yeah. All right, Harrison, thank you so much for doing the Good podcast. Stuff. Um, we hope you stick around. You know, we'll be listening to the green room for sure, though, because I think That'd next year, great. I mean, the guests you're already previewing. You know what I mean? Like the potential. We don't want to promise anything, but the potential is real high. So, yeah. hope uh, everybody still tunes in. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, man. And obviously, we'll still we'll we'll take some memories of Toronto with us. We'll have. Do you take the Polaroids with you? Yeah. Well, oh, I. Well, I, is there going to be a property? I don't even know, actually. Maybe I should. Maybe maybe that's not to me to offer. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But no, we'll we'll we'll, we'll bring some memorabilia from uh, this title run, and we'll put it on the set. Yeah, for sure. For sure, have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, thank you. Wish you the best of luck. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, more podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.